parents consuming cannabis at home and thinking that their kids don't know. Even if they've gotten a license, they're still hesitant because they've got that stigma so ingrained. Uh, you can't even have a GoFundMe because, hello, it's cannabis and children, what? Grandma does have a garden. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weed Buzz Radio. And lately I've really been struggling trying to figure out how I am going to talk about my career, about my work, about my medication with the children in my life. And I have so many beautiful children, nieces, nephews, cousins that I, I try to avoid the conversation as much as possible when anybody asks, what does Uncle Rye do? And I was in Clubhouse and I got to listen to our next guest speak about this very topic. And I'm really excited to have Susan join us just in time for Children's Book Week because she has a book that might help all of us have these conversations. So Susan, thank you so much for joining me on Weed Buds. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. So I have to ask, what possesses someone to write a children's book on cannabis? Well, I mean, I never meant to. I, I never uh, thought about being an author, but I'm a longtime cannabis activist. I've been an activist for well over a decade. And one of the big things that kept coming up over and over again was, well, what about the children? And it, and I thought, um, what about them? I mean, <laughs> that's a, that, that's just a silly argument. Um, you know, we talk to kids about grown-up things all of the time, or at least we should. You know, have those conversations about racism, sexism, uh, alcohol, all of the drugs, coffee, sugar, cannabis, sex, all of the things. And and I just didn't understand it, but it persisted. It, it was a constant struggle. These these parents groups would come to city council meetings and scream, what about the children? And uh, we had legalized uh, uh, adult use in California in 2016, and it was still coming up. And uh, in Santa Barbara, they were having a difficult time. They had this huge group that would show up. And I said, oh my gosh, I mean, Really, we're still having this debate. I mean, do you have a lock on your medicine cabinet? Do you have a, you know, a lock on your alcohol cabinet? Um, you know, the, why is that your number one concern? So I, I figured, hey, you know, I'm gonna have to write a children's book and give grownups a tool just to start the conversation. Incredible. And why do you think that we hide cannabis from our children because to your point we probably or most of us probably have some conversations in regards to alcohol with youngsters why don't we talk about this well um for some people like especially legacy operators or people that were legacy operators even uh even if they've gotten a license they're still hesitant because they've got that stigma so ingrained and there's a little bit of PTSD, but mainstream folks, they're still, uh, you know, buying into the stigma. Um, you know, Jimmy Fallon roasted my book on The Tonight Show, and he just, you know, in 2020, uh, and he was laughing that uh, grandma had cannabis growing in her garden. It's like, you know, the stigma still exists. 
And in your book, I mean, you have all of the themes that a great children's book should have. Hope, encouragement, education. And what I noticed is in listening to you speak, we should not be trying to restrict the curiosity of the youngsters around us. They have so much of that in their lives already. And I really appreciated in in your book kind of how it was introduced to us. And so if you don't mind just kind of sharing, don't want to give anything away because we want you all at home to tune in and to purchase the book. We have a link to buy the book. I'm holding a copy right here. So head over to our show notes on Weed Buds Radio and we'll have the link there for you to purchase your own copy. But what I was fascinated by is the word marijuana or cannabis or anything else, it doesn't come up in the first few pages. And I I really appreciate the way that you introduced this topic to us. And I'm wondering, can you share a little bit about how you introduce the conversation? Uh, sure. I, you know, the, the goal of this book was to get it into hopefully some elementary school libraries and, and just be really mainstream and not come at it like an activist. But I am a grandma. I just had my my sixth grandchild was born uh, seven Amazing. weeks ago. Congrats. Thank you. Two girls and four boys. Grandma does have a garden and I, I really believe in uh, growing as much food as you can, eating organically, uh, fresher the better. We are what we eat. And so, you know, I, I wanted to come at it uh, from the perspective that, uh, you know, uh, this is a, a conversation, you know, not make it such a big deal. Look, you know, we have all of these things uh, to eat and eating organic and fresh is best. And oh, by the way, also cannabis. I'm curious because I've never written a book. I can only imagine that it is extremely overwhelming and time consuming. Do you mind sharing with us what the process is like to bring a book to life? Sure, thank you for asking that. Um, uh, You know, I've done lots and lots of different things in my life and uh, I figured, you know, the the best project is the one that's well-researched. So I spent a year uh, researching uh, what it meant to be a first-time author. Uh, was it possible for me to get published by uh, a mainstream publishing company? No. Uh, you can't even have a GoFundMe because, hello, it's cannabis and children. What? You know? So uh, there was a lot of research done. I interviewed a lot of parents to see if it was even really needed. And yes, it really is. I mean, there are the stories that I heard from parents were just shocking. Um, Yeah. So, so I did the research and found that um, if you are a self-published first time author, you're fortunate if you can sell 200 books over the lifetime of the book. And so I went into it realistically uh, knowing that it was going to cost me money, not make me money. And I raised $10,000, which I spent most of on the illustrations, because that's super important for kids' books. And, uh, you know, went into it with my eyes open and um, just, you know, it's something that needed to be in the world. And and I was fortunate enough, enough to be able to do that. Amazing. What was the hardest thing about figuring out how to publish a book on your own? 
You know, honestly, I'm self-taught on Photoshop and I do all of my uh, graphics and stuff for all of my socials and I could not figure out how to lay out the book cover, the the, uh, dust jacket. I, I had to pay Book Baby to do it for me. I couldn't figure it out. Interesting. Yeah, I I wouldn't even know where to start. So I am just so glad that not only were you able to start, but you're able to finish uh, because this is a, a beautiful hardcover book. And I was reading it at just all of the decisions in the, gra- I mean, the graphics are gorgeous. I just, I was overwhelmed by the amount of work that went into it. And clearly you must have a lot of passion because I know looking at this, there had to have been a lot of resources put into it, a lot of time and a lot of dedication to it. Is the activism to the plant, is that something that's been ingrained into you for a long time? Or was this something that was kind of a, a recent formation of I'm using cannabis and I want to have these conversations? Uh, it's It's been a long time passion of mine. I, I used to be a very active member of the Latter-day Saint uh, the Mormon Church, and I, um, you know, I was 33 when I sustained a head injury and ended up with a migraine that lasted two years, and I just couldn't find any Western uh, medicine that would help me with this horrible migraine, and I ended up uh, finding cannabis, and it was a life changer in so many ways, um, and I just. Uh, promised myself that when my children were raised, I would dedicate uh, myself to uh, helping people understand uh, the benefits of cannabis because before I found it, I called the cops one time on these teenage kids because they were smoking something out of a pipe. And I said, come arrest these kids. They're smoking drugs. And the cops were like, well, is it crack? Is it weed? What is it? And I said, it's drugs. Come and arrest them. You know, so that's where that's where my head was. And, and then I found out what the truth was. And I just felt that I had a responsibility to help people that thought the way I did um, to, to have an opportunity to, to realize the benefits. We're grateful that you did because now we have a resource that we can use. And Susan, I was sharing with you earlier this past week, the, a lot of the kids were out on spring break and our production manager, uh, his nephew was on spring break. And so he was helping around the studio here. And of course, when you're producing a cannabis related show, if you're working in the studio, you're going to hear me talk about it and meet interesting people to discuss it and it was fascinating because cleaning the the store and the showroom floor and whatever else and he asked his uncle what units of measurement is cannabis or marijuana sold in a very innocent question and Ethan why do you ask and he said hey if I'm going to be doing some cleaning around here I'm going to have some questions and I was like, of course he is. Of course he's going to have some questions. We're producing shows about cannabis, about marketing, about real estate. So I have questions about all of them. And so let's let's have this. And it was hard for Ethan and I to figure out what was the proper way to have that conversation. And so, Susan, do you mind, before we wrap up today, could you, if you were on the outside looking in and you were coaching us through this experience, do you have any feedback about what may have been a really solid way to 
answer the question and kind of open ourselves up to maybe answer more questions? Well, I would argue that you waited a bit too long to start the conversation. Uh, my book is meant for around like three to three to eight years old. Um, you know, the fact that he asked the question the way he did, he already knows, you know, they already sure. know, you know. And, and the funny thing that just amazes me is that especially with this uh, pandemic lockdown, parents consuming cannabis at home and thinking that their kids don't know. It's like, sure. come on, you know, they know. And the only thing you're teaching your children is to keep secrets from each other. And that's not, that's not a good thing to teach them. So the sooner the better, um, you know, uh, not necessarily smoking around them in the book. Grandma is a good 30 feet away downwind. While she's consuming her cannabis, she likes to smoke joints. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it just, it, when you make it so weird and, and awkward or, or like we can't talk about it and it's illegal and it's, you know, what will the neighbors say? Then you're making it something that the kids want to consume maybe too early for their, their growing brains. I have two questions then. When is, so when you say growing brains, when is a good time or when is the right time or is there a right time uh, for you know, when children say, well, hey, I'm 21 when I can drink beer or buy liquor. How old should I be when I can purchase cannabis? I mean, is that something like we should treat it the same or is it different? Well, you know, the, the answer to most questions is it depends. Totally. And uh, it, to, it, absolutely with cannabis because it's such a, a, a an amazing plan and there's so many parts of it. Um, the the thing is is that uh, the the male brain, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical person, uh, but the male brain is fully developed somewhere around 23 to 25. I think the female brain is a little bit sooner. I hate to I hate to have alcohol be the first thing that a young person consumes. I you know I fought for a little while for it to be 18, but then the science came out uh, that the brain wasn't fully developed. But that being said, uh, if a child has a different medical condition that uh, the the child needs, I forget the youngest child, but it's something like a couple weeks old got sure. a medical recommendation you know it it just it depends and that's interesting because that was more or less how we approached it we just googled when does the adult brain you know kind of reach its full development and etc and we did that process with him so it was a very kind of like engaged process we're all trying to google them. and it was fun because we were all learning right that his curiosity kicked off curiosity here in the studio so it was beautiful and my last question Susan how young is too young you know so the book is for three to eight year olds you know is should i think there's a lot of parents out there that might challenge you know that might be too young and so i'm just curious you know what do you have and i love you know it depends right because it is going to be tailored to your family uh right. naturally but you know what went into that decision like i want to have this conversation with three to eight year olds and i want to normalize this before it's weird yeah, well, I mean, as as young as can just see the photos and understand or slightly understand what's going on, I think, is is fine for, uh, you know, the the proper age. I mean, just think about it when you have a 
18-month-old child that's about to touch something hot, you say no, right? Or if you have a, a glass of alcohol on the table, you say, and they go to grab it, you say, no, that's for grown-ups. You know, it's just, you just talk about it on the level that is age-appropriate. Exactly. You meet everybody where they are. So ideally, you have a a realistically good idea of where your child is and the proper way to, to go about it. And again, Susan, for all of those tuning in, one last time, where do they go to purchase a copy of What's Growing in Grandma's Garden? JustTakeCare.org backslash book is where you can find it. Amazing. And of course, we will add that link to our show notes so you can go directly to WeedBudsRadio.com, click on the show notes, and we will send you a direct link to Susan's book. Susan, thank you so much for making the time for us on WeedBuds Radio today. And I look forward to all of you tuning in to the next episode. We're so grateful you're here. We hope you had an amazing 420. And if you head over to our website, WeedBuds Radio, you can see what Ethan and I were up to over the 420 holiday here in the state of Maine. And I'm really excited for you to hit the subscribe button, follow us, and always never miss an episode of WeedBuds Radio. Susan, thank you again. Thank you for having me. So much. We'll see you all real soon.